Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radio Alberto Willis. Thank you for being a part of the show. The microphone. I keep getting these microphones things off. But we are back. I'm still having that freezing problem with our new computer. We are still trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I worked at it this weekend some. I didn't have a lot of time to do all the work, but we're going to try our best, our best to conduct the show. We'll try our best to continue the show and fix things as we go along. Anyhow, welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. Let's see who we've got here starting the show. Guess who's here with us? Brother Rodney has already populated us with all the things we need to know about. Michael Rodney says, new study. Arctic Ocean began warming decades earlier than previously thought. During the study, the researchers found that temperatures and salinity, the saltiness of ocean water, remained fairly constant for the Arctic Ocean up until the 20th century. Since 1900, the ocean temperature has risen by approximately 2 degrees Celsius, while sea ice has retreated and salinity has increased. The Arctic Ocean is due to go ice-free by 2035. Uh, what's known as the Blue Ocean event, at which point global warming accelerates beyond humanity's control, we have less than a decade to prevent this, or there's no hope for our civilization. I, have, I mean, you're, you're, you are on that theme every day, Michael Rodney, and you need to be on that theme every day because that is what it's going to take. Absolutely. Climate tipping point, tip point. The Arctic is a bellwether for irreversible change around the world. Ecosystems tipping points loom. Wildfire, human land use, and biodiversity loss exponentially increase and magnify climate impacts. Expanding ocean dead zones, coral reef bleaching, and rainforest uh, loss are emblematic of system collapse and are slowly combining to create global tipping points. There is very little time, there is very little time to alter the trajectory of Earth's ecosystem, halting climate drive collapse. To protect the Earth's incredibly, incredible diversity and stability, we must acknowledge that climate change is already permanently changing the planet, and we are already permanently changing, and we have little time to change. Last one says, Biden drilling report blasted as shocking capitulation to the needs of the corporate polluters. Colin Reese, U.S. Program Manager of Oil Change International Government, royalty rates that bond and bonding requirements are far too low and lead to public money subsidizing big oil's profit. While our federal lands and waters suffer egregious harm, Randy Spivak, Public Lands Director of the Center of Biological Diversity, green lighting uh, more fossil fuels for extraction than pretending it's okay. It's okay. It's a Titanic. We must keep this oil in the ground and start migrating towards renewable as soon as humanity, humanly possible. Wait, Michael, how much stuff do you have here, brother? Can New York really get to 100% clean energy by 2040? Clean power supply is being generated in, in upstate New York, but it is not making its way to New York City, the area that relies most heavily on power from fossil fuels as usual. The mainstream press isn't taking climate change seriously. 2040 is 10 years too late to matter. This is do or die, 100%. Renewables by 2030 or civilizations collapse by 2050. Liberal cities and states must lead the way. Yes, they must. All right. Matthew McConaughey says he won't run for Texas. That's my state, buddy. What are you doing talking about my state? All right. Matthew McConaughey says he's not going to run. You know what's funny? There are recent polls showing Matthew McConaughey would beat Governor Abbott in a head-to-head -head while Beto O'Rourke would lose 
the same contest. What that poll tells me is that Texans don't want gun control and will single issue vote against any candidate that offers such even. That's not true, America. Let me tell you about Texas. Texas is a, is a non-voting state. That's the problem with Texas. And these polls, I can't follow the polls directly because these are, I don't know if these are registered voter polls or, or likely voter polls, but I know that we're, we've been adding voters. Those of the activists in, in Texas have been adding people over and over, huge amount of people coming in. Michael says, watching on Twitch, Yvette Avery Herod, afternoon, PDR Posse. Welcome aboard. Welcome, Yvette PDR Posse. Welcome to the PDR Posse. Bridge MCP, how are you doing, my dear lady? And Sarah B, uh, Beat G, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, hi. How was Thanksgiving for all? Had a great Thanksgiving. The wife came up from Texas to D.C. We had the, this was the smallest Thanksgiving we've had in probably two or three decades. The three of us, Ashley made macaroni and cheese, the wife made all the other fixings, and I washed the dishes. Yes, tell me what about that. But we, ha we had a very good Thanksgiving, uh, mostly because our daughter's in One Piece Collective and getting better slowly, but getting better. She's working hard at it. In fact, one of the reasons I was kind of late with the show is because we just got back from therapy, and we do therapy several times a week. Eric Hayes, oh my God, talking, going total off fossil fuels. Yes, we have to go totally off fossil fuels, definitely. Bridge MCP, hey Eric, nice and you. Daniel Ledo says, who is your favorite to replace Biden? HRC, Buttigieg, Michelle Obama? Um, to tell you the truth, I, I'm not even thinking about replacing a Biden. Biden, I, I think, is going to shock people because uh, to a lot of people, Biden looks frail. But Biden is a strong dude. Uh, I want to just say that. I've seen him on the bike. I've seen him elsewhere. Biden's a strong dude. Don't play the guy cheap. All right, Eric Hayes. Matthew went to keep his, want to keep his freedom of money, and Beto won't win because he's too radical. Beto's not radical at all. Egberto, no football games. No football games for me this time, guy. ABQ, I have no idea what Matthew McConaughey policy positions are. And again, Americans have been... The right has been turning... Americans into dummies, right? In other words, don't worry about policy. Don't worry that we don't comp don't, don't do anything we're still going to do. Don't worry about that. It's not important. It's immaterial. Daniel Edo, hey, Beto looks like a live-action Beavis. Okay, when Beto beat the crap out of the guy, let's see what you're going to say. But as we talk, um, we're going to talk about, I tell you today... I'm going to start the show with a few little nicks and knacks. I think I'm going to start out the first one with, um, I want you to listen to a lot of you, to those of you who think about blue states, red states. I had a good piece that I pulled down. Actually, before we do that, let's go ahead and do that stuff about the, um, uh, uh, about the governor, uh, Norm, what Norm Ornstein uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with the uh, with Hyde, with Chuck Todd, and then we'll move on from there. Because Chuck Todd had a good piece with the governor of Mississippi, and then we'll take it from there. So, you know what? Let's get busy con Mississippi. Está bien. Let's get busy. Well, Chuck Todd woke up today again, and he actually gave a pretty darn good interview with Tate Reese, the uh, governor of Mississippi. I... Here's the deal, and I got a, a, a question. These guys don't get tired of being not only hypocritical, silly, but illogical, 
and death causing. I want you to listen to this interview, then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side because I think it's going to make a lot of people think. I want to play something that you said about the vaccine mandate uh, and ask you why it doesn't, why the same philosophy doesn't apply here. Let me play what you said. This is a power grab by the federal government. We've seen this time and time again by the Biden administration. And now we're seeing their strong desire to try to make decisions on behalf of individual Americans. We believe in freedom and individual liberty. Freedom and individual liberty. Why should the state of Mississippi tell a woman um, uh, what they should do with their body? Why shouldn't they have that that individual freedom uh, to uh, on their body, particularly in the first uh, 20 weeks? Well, this is a, a prime example, and, and the far left uh, loves to scream, my body, my choice. And what I would submit to you, Chuck, is they absolutely ignore the fact that in getting an abortion, there is an actual killing of an innocent, unborn child that is in that womb. Here's what we know about babies that are... 15 weeks. We know that they have a heartbeat. We know that those babies at 15 weeks actually can open and close their hands. We know that they have developing lungs. And we know that those babies at 15 weeks can feel pain. And so when you talk, the the difference between vaccine mandates and abortions is vaccines allow you to protect yourself. Abortions actually go in and kill other American babies. And let's just put this in perspective. But Governor, Chuck. vaccines are not about the yourself. Is, Governor, hang on a minute. A vaccine is about protecting a larger community. A vaccine is about presenting, preventing spread. You could argue a vaccine mandate is a pro-life position. You could certainly argue that, Chuck, but even if you listen to Dr. Fauci's interview with you earlier today, he made it very clear that the vaccine may not keep you from getting the virus. It may not keep you from spreading the virus, but it can keep you from ending up in the hospital. That's what's been proven during this Delta surge that we've seen in uh, in America is that the virus is continuing to being spread even amongst those who are vaccinated. I mean, I don't know if he didn't realize that he just made Chuck Todd's position. The vaccine prevents you from having to stay in the hospital. It prevents you from dying a pro-life position. If you don't have people vaccinated, many more will die. A pro-life position. But let's get to the the, the case with a, a woman's choice with her own body. You know, we don't have a clear definition of who decides when life begins. But I have another question for Republicans who are always objecting to policies that feed kids policies that give kids other things to do, policies that extend their lives, prevent them from dying. Why? Because they don't have other alternatives, but they never want to invest in policies that save the lives. Yet they go around the place saying, we are pro-life. No, they're never pro-life. They've always been pro-death. I mean, from the inception of this country, those who are who call themselves Republicans now, I'm talking about politicians, that's who they are. But, you know, secondly, Tate recently jackson mississippi their water system is in shambles yet he says to the mayor or to somebody else in there they need to pay their water bills they don't have their water bills paid because their meter problems etc but he's willing for them to have bad water and die or is that a pro-life position don't they matter i think one should consider that if 
you believe, you believe, you believe a 20, a 10-week or 15-week uh, fetus is a living being and you, don't, you want to protect them? Shouldn't you want to protect those people that are living right now? Those people that are living next to chemical plants which you don't want regulations to protect those people from dying? Should they be protecting the water systems in this country to prevent kids from getting or developing mercury-based illnesses, etc., etc., etc.? Let's get this straight. This has nothing to do about body. It has everything to do about a man's power over a woman's body. It has everything to do with having different degrees of control over others so that ultimately you can be in full control. This has nothing to do with life. The Republican politicians have already proven that they care nothing about living people who don't have means. Let's get that clear. Chuck Todd get a, did, did a good job in giving us that option to expand on the stupidity of what everything is that the Republican tenets are right now. Absolutely. So Chuck Todd did what he needed to do today, and he did a fairly good job. There are a few things that I, I think he should have checked up on that he didn't, but, eh, you know, all in all, he did well, in my humble opinion. Eric Hay says over 117 people dead from 2020 to now due to letting people out that should not be due to low bonds and liberal judges. Um, that is terrible. It is terrible that judges have allowed the bonds created by Republican legislatures to let people off the hook. That's a shame. But you know, if we're talking 117 people that are dead because they got off on bond, how do we qualify the 2,000 or so Texans that die every year because the murdering, uh, uh, the murderous Texas legislature refused to accept the Medicare Advantage to the Medicaid Advantage to the Affordable Care Act? Uh, if you want to hold those judges accountable, then we should hold every Republican politician in Texas accountable for murdering over 2,000 Texans by denying them coverage that is already paid for by Texans and the rest of the country. So let's have some perspective here. 117 people die because of bad policy that lets uh, thieves out, I mean, uh, thugs out on the street, Some a few thugs out on the street, versus a thug in a thigh, I mean, thug in a tie, a thug in a suit and tie. Thug in a suit and tie. What's that called? What's a thug in a suit and tie? A Texas Republican politician. Don't you ever forget that. I want all of you to remember that a thug in a suit and a tie is a, is a definition of a Texas politician. All right, continuing. Puffin, ALC24. Is she going to be old enough then? Puffin, Puffin for president. All right, Puffin. I, I, you know, I don't know you, but we'll see about you. Uh, let's see what else we got here. AVQ says, Texas ban in, on six weeks, not 15, and the possibility of feeling pain, that comes at 26 weeks. Eric Hayes says, look, all those looting those this past weekend with people in the stores. This is policy that's letting people do whatever they want. That has nothing to do with, that's local policy. When will you understand the difference between local policy and otherwise? And in fact, uh, the, the, the chief of police, if, if I'm not mistaken, of LA, is sort of a right-wing... Don't let me get started. May Wood. 
Hello from Long Beach, California. May, how are you doing, my brother? Daniel Adose, Chuck Todd just got destroyed. LOL shows clearly how Egberto is a propaganda alternative reality. No, how could he get destroyed when the, he, he showed exactly the differentiation between when these guys want to use the word freedom as, and not use the word freedom? Ah, uh, come on, buddy. I thought you were smarter than that. Eric Hayes says, how about vaccines and mandates and not even address the therapies and natural immunity, why is this purposefully not discussed? Because natural immunity means that we require X amount of people to die, while if we get vaccinated, a lesser X amount of people die. That's the reason why we want people to get immunized. And if you don't get immunized, we want to keep you the hell away from people that you can infect, period. May Wood, how is everyone today? All's fine. Rosewood says, hi, everyone. Puffin says, water protectors protect water. Uh, let's see what does Eric Hayes says. Egberto, you say control. What about the government controlling freedoms via vaccines? And what about the vaccines that you had to take to get into high school? You want to stop? You want to start vi vi virola? You want to stop the the measles vaccine? You want to stop the flu? Do you want to stop all of those vaccines that are required? Come on now, grow up. Uh, let's see. Daniel Ledo Egberto talks about control and then wants the vaccine mandate. Hypocritical, most certainly. But no, no, no. I have to buy a license every time. I got to buy a license for my car. I got to buy insurance for my car, don't I? Don't see me complain about that because I understand it's better for society. The selfish people don't see it. And if you're selfish, you don't see your, that you have to do the better good for society. Eric Hayes says, it's better to tell the victims, families, your lowball viewpoints on thugs being let out to kill. No, I tell, I'm trying to tell all of America with my program to get rid of thugs in a tie, thugs in a suit and tie. And how do we get rid of thugs in a suit and tie? We get rid of every single right-wing Republican. Not every Republican, I want Republicans, I want that back, I want that discussion, I want that true interaction, I want that. But there are Republicans and then there are thugs in suits and ties, okay? I don't want thugs in suits and ties, whether they're Republican or otherwise. But right now, the majority of the the, the thugs and ties are, in fact, Republicans. All right, let's continue. Uh, Tom C. says, unborn child versus non-viable fetus is a, is a religious position. You always have a way of simplifying things in detail, Tom C. Let the mother and her physician, not the government, determine whether abortion is appropriate. Vaccine saves everybody's life. You know how great that is that you just said? The freedom. You just talked about freedom, Tom C. Maywood says, oh, well, that's Eric Hayes. Uh, Fauci has and continues to lie and change his story. Look at things. No, other people have told you that Fauci lie and you chose because it fits some sort of your fantastical ideology that he changed his mind, my brother. That's not the case. Anyhow, you know, um, right now, as it turns out, a lot of times uh, uh, we want to talk to other people. I, I try to say, I don't want to be here just preaching to the choir. I want to talk to everybody. I want everybody to be an ally. Whether you're Republican, anarchist, Democrat, independent, whatever, I want you. I want you to listen to me. I want to be your friend. I want to be your ally. And in that regards, what I want to tell you is uh, I want you to listen to this piece because it is an important piece from a very intelligent Republican woman based on what she said in this particular interview. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. It's November's midterms. 
That's inflation, identity politics, what they call identity politics, and immigration. And just like a laser pen with a cat, it will likely work with their voters. But Lucy, I have to start with you because you're not in the Republican Party anymore. Um, and I love our conversations because I feel like you're just as outraged uh, as many of us as, as uh, you see the Republican Party openly embrace um, a, a lot of things that they've tra- trafficked in for a long time. I, I have to ask, though, because you still talk to Republicans, I'd imagine. Um, the, I don't understand how the GOP can run on anything other than, hey, guys, sorry we tried to overthrow the government and the will of the people, and we're really working on not being the party of white supremacy. Yet, I fear that these three eyes will actually work with their base voters. What do you think? Well, I think it's true. I think there is evidence to suggest it will work with their base voters. And that's in part based on how Democrats respond to these Republican talking points. I mean, when you look at someone like Steve Bannon being indicted a few weeks ago, he did it live streamed. He pled, he pled not guilty. He did a big parade. He, you know, had tens of millions of people downloading his live stream all over the country because that is the power of the Trump cult. Right. But I think that Democrats often when they're addressing would be voters and no one's going to like to hear me say this, but everyone has a vote that counts. They are treating moderate voters as though they are part of the Trump cult and you are either with the Trump cult or you're not. Now, I am, as you say, a former Republican and my litmus test for a candidate is, do you completely repudiate Trump and Trumpism and the proto-fascism that is today's Republican party? Unfortunately, the Republicans I talk to, even those who are, say, would-be Biden voters, They do not feel that way going into 2022. They're not thinking about that as they think ahead to 2024. And so this is a matter of really appealing to their better angels. So we're asking them to do something that's hard. We're asking them to do something uncomfortable. You mentioned the identity politics. That's a huge issue. We need to run into those issues and say, why do you feel like things are changing in the way that your children are being taught in schools? How can we have a conversation about that? Could we appeal to your sense of, of maybe a better way, because unfortunately, the you're with Trump, you're against Trump, you're for democracy, you're not for democracy. That's not working. So we have to find a new way to appeal to those would be centrist voters, because at the end of the day, they're all going to go turn out and vote. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, honestly, Lucy, we have to be honest about identity politics, because when we say things like NASCAR dads or soccer moms, all the euphemisms that the media has for traditionally white voters, that's also identity politics. Uh, and, you know, it shouldn't be that hard. We, it shouldn't be that hard. It should not be that hard. But if you notice what um, that that analyst said, that um, operative, that Republican operative said, it's very important. She pointed out, and I think Democrats should heed this former Republican. She said the following: uh, "It is not working. Trying to malign Trump with some of these guys, it is not working. Additionally, uh, trying to tell them otherwise." It is not working. So what is it that she's saying? And because this is very important what she's saying. She said, talk to them. Like I've spoken in my book, how to talk, I mean, as I see, not as I see it, but it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. It's worth it. It really is. And in effect, that is exactly what she is saying. It is exactly what we need to do. And she, the last 
sentence that she used is important and it's what Democrats should hear. Let me first tell you a little story about when I talk to people, mostly at my progressive sites, and tell them that I speak to everybody. I want to, I want to speak to Eric Hayes. I want to speak to Daniel Ledo. Now, Eric Hayes and Daniel Ledo are hardcore, and I don't have any thought of trying to change their votes, etc., because they don't have any desire to change. They have no desire to see truth. They have desire to come back all the time. But most people want to see truth. What people like Eric and Daniel do for me is they give me an opportunity to articulate on the fallacies that they articulate on so that the people that follow them would hear the truth out of us and say, ah, oh, after all, Daniel is full of it. Okay, so that's, that's one of the goals. But what she says there is even deeper. She says, why do you want to have these people with you respecting you? And it's important. Because they vote. If you got anything out of the clip that we just played, because they vote. I've been told by my liberal protégés, forget about trying to talk to those folks on the right. They're nuts. They're crazy. It's not worth it. Many have told me that. And what this, not this woman just says is absolutely true. They vote. They vote. They vote. And you know what's the problem with many of the people on the left? They don't vote. If all the people on the left voted and all the people on the right voted, we would have left-wing landslide elections all the time because we support what the people say they want. Look in the polls. The, the, nobody wants to call themselves a liberal. Nobody wants to call themselves a progressive. But when you ask them what policies you want, they all come and they say, we like what you're saying. We love what you're saying. So therefore, but they don't vote. So I love that woman who just said, remember, these people all vote. All right. Um, Daniel Ledo just says, Egberto makes the arrogant assumption he is some sage bearer of truth. No, all my truth is backed by facts that are all discernible, investigatable, repeatable. The hubris is shocking. It's not hubris. If you, know, if you want to call truth hubris, what can I say? That's your choice. But truth is truth. Norman says, where are the Democrats in the media streaming? You got one here trying to survive. Where are the Democrats in the media live streaming? Is the corporatized media click so they can sell stuff? Look, we are trying, and, and good thanks to a whole lot of you that's listening to the program right now, we can continue to provide truth to counteract the lies that an effective right wing paid for by many plutocratic sources are. But anyway, we're near half the program. I want to remind all of you to, if you are on YouTube, please, first of all, give me a thumbs up on YouTube. And uh, if you're also on YouTube, please click that join button. Please become a member of our PDR Posse. We need you so badly. We need a thousand of you. We're only at about 305, but we need a thousand of you. So please go ahead and keep on clicking that join button. Encourage your friends to kick it. If you don't, if you don't see that join button right now, you can go ahead and Go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and that is at politicsandright.com slash Patreon. 
politicsandright.com slash patron, politicsandright.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And, you know, even though we don't particularly like the leadership of this group, but they, you know, people support us via PayPal. Support us, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Please go ahead and consider getting our books. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. It's going to teach you a lot about the economy, how to talk to your right... I mean, it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. You can get all of them at a deal uh, at, um, at... Well, actually, you get all of them at a deal if you get it at our store, politicsandright.com slash store, or you can go directly to Amazon and get it at politicsandright.com slash books. politicsandright.com slash books. Um... Let's see what else I need. Ah, if you want to get to our store, I mean, if you want our all-in-one that encompasses all the different forms to support our program, go to politicsunright.com slash support, politicsunright.com slash support. So, folks, um, I, I want to issue the, the, you know, um, the statement for Daniel Ledoux. I think it's important, again, that I, that I hit him up because whenever right-wingers are caught lying whenever you break down what they're saying they try to stop you by calling you arrogant or having a lot of hubris do not ever ever let that stop you from telling the truth ever 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 like let me give you a truth that very few people want you to know about i mean there's a truth that they don't want you to know about they like to talk about blue states and somehow, somehow the blue states are not, the blue states are no good or the blue states are, are, are bastions of whatever. When it turns out that more abortions occur in red states, uh, the people are on more drugs in red states, all the deviancy that you can think of, you can find in red states, right? Come, uh, I'm talking on a relative basis. And not only that, I, I want you to see how I want Democrats to deal with these folks that do that kind of misinforming. Because it's important what I saw yesterday. I want you to check this out and then we'll take it at another, or rather we'll take we'll take it on the other side. Check this out. Heidi Heidkamp handed Chris Christie his you-know-what on a platter. It had to do with the salt tax, the, the state taxes that uh, are deductible from your federal income tax. And, uh, but anyhow, I want you to listen to this, but I want to dispel the fallacy that Trump and Christie and all these Republicans have about northern states and their taxation, etc. Let's listen to this and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. Very, very important. You have to evaluate this in the context of not just the daycare provisions, but also the pre-K provisions. And we can argue about whether we should federalize the regulation of pre-K, which I think Senator Cassidy talked about. But this bill clearly is targeted towards working families. Okay. And that's what we need to do. We need to send a message that we're about helping working families. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people deferring having children today in America because they can't afford daycare. They can't afford 
to raise children. We've got to turn that around today. Thank you. And I want to just say about the salt tax. I want to say about the salt tax. It is cumulative with the income tax. So to say, oh, you know, the average is 6000 with your income tax in New Jersey is pretty darn high, too. Yeah. And you add that to it. Well, this and, is going to help a lot of middle class sure. families. And we're, we can I, argue, Chris, about whether it should be 80 grand or whether it should be 50 grand. But I think that there's a lot of uh, you, middle class families who are going to benefit in those blue states you, you, for the well, cap. Of course, you're uh, subsidizing in blue states the decisions of blue state governors and legislators to continue yeah. to raise their and, taxes. And, and that's if, what you're doing, yeah, Heidi. But if so you want to go that's there, okay. Chris, you want to do that? Yeah. That's fine. But yeah. what you're doing is you're saying that higher taxes at the state level and at the local level are going to be forgiven in New Jersey and, by people in South Dakota. Yeah, and those people, those people who pay those taxes in New Jersey subsidize southern states who get more federal assistance than, uh, than it's northern for, it's states. Not so- a- that is a very important concept that I want to get over first. Let, let, let's clear that. Red states, states run by Republicans, southern states, they are beggar states. They are welfare states. They take more out of the federal government than they put in. The gall of Chris Christie to claim that because northern states have higher taxes, that somehow they are being subsidized by paying less taxes to the federal government, even though they, New Jersey, New York, they take out less from the federal government than Kentucky and all of that. In fact, they pay more than they take out. Kentucky pays less than they take out. Kentucky is a debtor state to the federal government. Alabama, Mississippi, all of them are debtor states. They are welfare states. They are beggar states. Let's get that correctly first. No northern governor, no red blue state governor should allow any of these guys to get away by because they undertax their rich people in their states and then beg the federal government for more money. But let's go into Build Back Better. Because what the Republicans are going to try to do, and they are already doing it, is trying to put uh, the Democrats and progressives on the defensive for Build Back Better. And if Democrats and progressives allow that, they are they will be silly, silly to allow that to occur. Go fighting. Go in with an attack for Build Back Better. Go in and ask these people, why aren't they supporting that which supports the people in their own states? Why aren't they supporting giving their their, their citizens childcare? Why aren't they supporting giving their citizens family leave? Why aren't they supporting all these issues that Build Back Better supports and that most Americans as well support? It is imperative that you go ahead from a position of strength something that I find Democrats are not doing sufficiently right now and they're allowing the hypocrisy of Chris Christie and other conservatives to come and let them believe somehow they are not doing their part or somehow their way, their ideology, their their policies are better. Their policies are killing people. And it is important that you use the graphic languages. Your health policies are murdering people. The state legislature of Texas by not accepting the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act are killing people. We have to get the language straight. We must get the language straight. But I want to answer Norman. Norman, Norman and I go back and forth on this often. Norman says, you are saying that because there are more leftists than rightists in the country, Apathy in, is the poison in the left camp. 
how is talking to the GOP an anecdote to that? It's not. It is a, it's, a, it's a pragmatic state, it's a pragmatic act. Let, let, let's explain. When I'm talking to people in the GOP, Republicans, these are people ideologically attached to that party. I am not trying to talk to them from the perspective of asking them to change parties. I'm not asking them to become progressives. I'm not asking them using those terminologies at all. I am just saying, look, you have a kid and your kid needs insurance. If you care about your kid this time around, vote for somebody who's going to ensure that your kid doesn't die. And these are the messages and, and where it comes to people, uh, notice what the Republican operative said previously. The Republican operative said, how do we, we know it's not working right now, just telling them how bad Trump is not working. How about letting them come up with the answers? And I'm telling you, it, it's a slow process, but I've done it before. It's not an easy process, especially, again, if you're using Daniel Ledo and Eric Hayes, two of our good conservative folks in this, in this room, as the prototypical uh, geo Republican, that would give you the impression that, oh, it might as well just leave it alone. That is not what we're talking about. I, I've, I've sat down in Starbucks with, with Republicans. <clears throat> in, in fact, I've gone to work out in the gym and after speaking to the Republicans, there's one, I think I told a story in my book, where a guy looked around, make sure nobody was around, slapped me on the back and said, Egbert, I have something to tell you that's going to make you happy. What is it, my man? I am voting for your guy. I'm saying, how comes I just, I, this time around, I just can't do it, Egberto. I just can't do it. I can't support these crazies anymore. And then he wanted to make sure, I am a conservative, Egberto. I'm not changing, I'm a conservative. Then he also said, I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not no stinking Democrat. I mean, you know, he was kidding around when he was telling me a lot of that too, right? But what I'm trying to say is, uh, if, you, if you appeal to their humanity, they will vote humanely. Some of them will. Some people, and we know, which, we know, the, the, we know the ideological bent of some people who would have their fingers cut off, who would go ahead and get covid not to be, not, not to say I have capitulated to the truth, but that's another subject. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Daniel Ledo, let's say, that, that is between two, two. Replying, let's see, let's go down. Macaroni says, Daniel, that's another conversation. Uh, coming down. Carl Cox, happy holidays. Egberto to you and your family. Did you read the latest email I sent you? Carl Cox, I don't know. My box is out of whack. If, uh, if, when did you send me the email? I don't know. Uh, Mike, uh, can you put this on screen? Today I'm not putting anything on the screen because of some issues with the computer. When, when I finally get this clean up, I will. Tom Sees is talking to Eric Hayes. Uh, some 44% of parents age 18 to 49 say it is not to or not at all likely that they will have children someday. An increase of 7%. Points from 67%. Who said the same in 2018? That's sad. That's sad. Um, let's see. Among, look, I have some other stuff to cover running. I want you to repeat some of this tomorrow. Among the childless adults who say they have some other reason for thinking they won't have kids in the future, no single reason stand out about two-thirds. And I mean, there, there are a lot of reasons. I mean, it, it's just difficult for a lot of these kids. Can't read it all of that right now because I have some other stuff that I have to put on here. I want you to uh, listen to how I, this is how 
Democrats should talk about big uh, build back better and other let me make sure if I can get the right one here because I had some issues putting up the right thing a few times ago but I think it's important for uh, I think it's important for Democrats to know how to fight to know how to talk about the things they know people want uh, so let's go ahead and play this piece here and then we'll vamos a tomar on the other side so I think this is the right one in 2016, 55.6% of Montana voters voted for Donald Trump for president and then watched for four years as he repeatedly scheduled the infrastructure week that never came. Donald Trump never introduced an infrastructure bill. Donald Trump never got a vote in any congressional committee or in the House or in the Senate on infrastructure. And when he ran for re-election, Donald Trump got even more votes in Montana, 56.9% of the vote. Today, on NBC Montana Today, the state's Democratic Senator John Tester told the voters who voted against Joe Biden what they will be getting in the bipartisan Biden infrastructure bill that the president signed into law last week. It deals with infrastructure like roads and bridges and water systems and electrical transmission and broadband. It's a big bill. It's the biggest investment in infrastructure ever in this country. And uh, it's going to do some great things for Montana. It's going to help us push our economy forward and uh, reduce the cost of doing business. So it, it's, a, it's a very good bill. It was, uh, I helped negotiate it over eight months. And it's good to see it get signed into law. Now we'll be looking forward to the projects when they hit the ground here yeah. in Montana. Now that is a senator, that is a senator in a red state that voted overwhelmingly for Donald Trump, not at all scared to come out and said, I help this bill that's going to help us all. And he's already come out and stated with the Build, uh, build Back Better bill that he also is in support of those provisions, including those that have things like family leave, etc. He knows that that is what people want. And if he can explain it in his place, he would. I'm running out of time, so I want to play the last one, and then we'll take it on the other side. I've seen this played before. This is nothing new. And let me be clear, right up front, this is not a vlog to bash Democrats at all. In fact, the vast majority of Democrats, the progressives, and many of the moderates, they are in the deal. They want to see Build Back Better comes to, come to fruition, and not just the hardware infrastructure bill. But I've seen this act before. Democrats are in full control of this process. So therefore, if this process fails, it's not the fault of Republicans. Republicans will remain the intransigent, don't care about humanity, fighting for the rich party incessantly. That's their modus operandi. But we have a party, there is a party that supposedly is there to support the middle class, the poor. And it's all in their power to do so. I've seen this before. And it, it's ironic because it is taking the same two-step process. To be clear, I am pretty darn sure 
Assuming none of our very old 80-something-year-old senators die, assuming none of the other Democratic senators get a heart attack or something, this bill, the Build Back Better bill, will pass. The question is, what in that bill will pass? How effective will that bill be? But let's go back a few years. Let's go back to 2010. And I want to show you a headline. Because this is very important. This headline says, uh, Senate, let's get it on the screen. Senate Democrats drop the public option to woo Lieberman and liberals howl. Okay? In other words, we had a Democratic Senator, Senator Lieberman, holding the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, hostage if they decided to put a public option in, if they decided to allow health care, a Medicare buy-in to people 54, uh, six, between the years of 54 and 66. So it wasn't Republicans holding back Obamacare. It wasn't the Republicans saying, we don't want this bill because we know they didn't want the bill. But we had in the 20, 2009 and 2010, we had a 60 Senate uh, which means a filibuster-proof Senate, and it was a Democrat who said, we are not going to get this bill passed if we put in the full set of support, humane support for Americans. So we had to drop the public option. In those days, many of us progressives, as we blogged, as we preached, as we went on to CNNI reports, as we did all these features, we said, drop the, if you drop the public option, why have a bill? In effect, it's another giveaway once again to the insurance companies. Now look, to be clear, Obamacare saved my life. I got screening that I would not have gotten if Obamacare hadn't been there. We were able to continue affording ever elevating prices of insurance because Obamacare put some, some limits in there. But the constant growth of healthcare continued not because uh, Democrats did a bad job because one Democrat, several or a very few Democrats decided they were not going to support the public options or policies that would make it better and prevent the pharmaceutical companies, prevent the, the uh, hospital companies, prevent the insurance companies from screwing us all. They had their defenders. Uh, the Republicans weren't going to do anything, but they had their defenders in the Democratic Party who pretty much went against their own people. And when I say their own people, I'm not just talking Democrats. I'm talking about Americans. And here comes another headline. That headline continues. Why Joe Lieberman is holding back? Why is Joe Lieberman holding back Barack Obama's? He's holding Barack Obama ransom over health care. In other words, do it my way or the highway, he said. And in the process of fighting for all these changes, you know what happened? Senator Kennedy dies. Senator Kennedy dies. We no longer have a, a filibuster-proof majority. So therefore, we revert to exactly what we have today. And that is passing the second, passing the bill that the Senate came up with that Progressives didn't want, but they had no option. So 
they were extorted into accepting the Senate version of the bill, which they had no choice. They had to do it. And then picked up on something known that we are all familiar with now, reconciliation, which changed and added a few things that they could that they could agree on, that they could get 51 votes, Democratic votes for, to get it passed into law, the portions that needed change, which included education, loans, etc., etc., etc. But the process here is this. When Democrats are offered the full context of working for their people, there are always a few that continue to be controlled by a plutocracy that pretty much says, we're going to give you some, but we are still in control. And even though our, our, our slaves in the Republican Party are not there to save us, we have a few wrenches to throw because we have enough Democrats on our payroll that won't allow you Democrats to get the job done. Now let's rewind into 2021. If you notice the title of this blog that I have now is the two infrastructure bills may be a worse capitulation than the two Obamacare bills. Remember, the Obamacare bill was passed in two pieces as well. Some people like to say, oh, the Obamacare wasn't passed on reconciliation. Damn it, it was passed on reconciliation. Because we had to make the fixes to the Senate bill to make it more humane using, the, uh, using that reconciliation process. We had to do it. There was no choice. Now, here is a similar headline. The similar headline, Joe Manchin, and it says, Manchin puts paid family leave, Medicare vouchers on spending bill chopping block. In other words, another Democrat is holding, one Democrat is holding Bill Back Better hostage. He's trying to come up with every kind of excuse. Oh, it may, it, with inflation rising, it may cause inflation. Of course, 16 emeritos. Economists said it will reduce inflation or at best leave it as is because, again, the bill is virtually paid for. Then he says, no, we don't want family leaves. How can we add family leave when Social Security could go bankrupt, when Medicare could go bankrupt? They don't have to. We just have to start stop allowing rich people to not pay Social Security taxes on all of their incomes. You allow that to occur, suddenly... We are awash in Social Security money. Suddenly, we are awash in Medicare money. But no, most Americans don't know these features that rich people don't pay past a hundred and something thousand dollars of their income in Social Security. Most Americans don't know that those people who get capital gains, they don't pay that high tax rates that you get that would bring the monies into the coffers to allow us to have Build Back Better on steroids. They don't know that. They think that somehow these rich people who actually is pilfering our money because that money doesn't belong to them. It is our excess labor that they're spending. It's what they didn't pay us that is their wealth. And Joe Manchin is saying, you know what? You know what? I am not willing to charge those people who already are living on your backs a penny more so that if you have a kid, 
you can stay home longer. So that if you have a sick mother, a sick father, a sick daughter, a sick anything that you can take care of that person, knowing that you have a social safety net that is there to assist you. Because that is what's known as humane. That is what's known as a society. That is the definition of society. But our economic system, our unfettered capitalistic economic system says to hell with that. And we will have somebody in every party, Joe Manchin, Christian Cinema, in the Democratic Party to hold you hostage. You can't move till we say you can, till we allow you to move. So again, I've seen this game before. And right now, I hate to tell all my progressive brethren, we are locked in this game right now. There's no escape for this game right now. Because, yes, it's worse in the case of Obamacare. We didn't, Obamacare had 60 votes, so we could lose 59 votes later on, we could lose a few. But if one of our octogenarian dies or gets sick, we lose the Senate. If we piss off Joe Manchin too badly, he makes Mitch McConnell the speaker. We're between a rock and a hard place. So how do we get out of this? We are going to have to take what we can get for now. But come 2022, we're going to have to defy everything that you hear on TV. I want you to remember what is geometric progression. I want you to remember the word grassroots. I want you to remember how to talk to your neighbor. And I'm not talking about talking to your liberal and progressive neighbor. I'm talking about speaking to all of the people whom you know. And explain to them. Not to like you. Not to like liberals. Not to like progressives. Not to hate others. Express to them that Working together is the only way. Supporting policies together is the only way either one of you would do good. You're not looking for a friend. You're looking for an ally. You're looking for somebody who understands that Joe Manchin is no friend to either Republican or Democrat. You're looking to someone to understand that the plutocracy is the enemy of us all. And that the only way for us to get what we want is not only demand what we want, but elect people who have no fear, no fear in having these guys dangle hundreds of thousands of dollars in front of them and say, you don't do what we want, we'll give this to your opponent. Do you think they could ever tell that to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? She defies the system by saying, I am not going to use the type of funding that you guys use. I'll develop my funding. Grassroots. We can look at uh, Ilan Omar. We can look at all these other folks that are starting to create this new paradigm where they are no longer, no longer warrants of the plutocracy. Folks, we're going to have to work this on a two-tier process. The first one, geometric progression. Make sure you talk to 10, 20 people and ask each one of those to talk to 10, 20 people. Geometric progression says we'll have the whole damn country in a few weeks. This can be done. This has got to be done. We cannot allow the plutocracy to simply hold on to a few people 
to hold the entire country hostage. It's in your hands. All right, folks, that is going to be the end of the show today. I ran over by a couple minutes today. Please do remember, however, to support our program. Please, if you are on YouTube, please go ahead and click that uh, click that uh, join button if you're on YouTube. If you are on uh, and what, what's the other pre- if you are on on Facebook, just click the there, there's a button on Facebook. I tell you what. I'm going to throw these things into the screen right now if, the, if, if, the, if it allows me to switch. And somehow it's not allowing me to switch. But anyhow, please go to politicsdoneright.com support. That is where you find all the different ways in which you can support Politics Done Right. Politicsdoneright.com support. Look, I got to get out of here and you guys know exactly how I do that. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.